Howdy, howdy, it's Gabe Garber. Welcome back to I Don't Know. This is episode 10. So for those of you keeping track, 10 double digits, arbitrary milestone, but a milestone nonetheless. I'm about to go out for a walk to kind of jog my brain. I've sat down a little bit already and tried to get some ideas out, but what I'm realizing is I tend to need to run through it a couple times before I just feel comfortable to like dive in and let it roll. But I wanted to at least get this bit of kind of just basic stuff out of the way first and hit a stopping point, go for a walk, come back and sit down. So last week I was walking around the basement and this week I just wanted to get back to sitting down, relaxing, doing that. Plus the space in the basement is no longer as conducive to walking around. So, but yeah, I just wanted to get this bit of housekeeping out of the way. This week's been wild. The end of last week, Thursday, Friday, my girlfriend Kate and I took, she took a few days off of work and we rented a yurt in someone's backyard about an hour away from here. So, and tried to just kind of disconnect to a certain degree and go out and explore a new area. And we were in the position to do that. My, my work schedule right now is amorphous, although that's, there's maybe going to be a few changes coming up soon that I'm going to have a bit more regularly scheduled work that will take a bit of my time. So just giving myself, allowing myself a bit of flexibility right now in terms of the release schedule, recording schedule, but hoping that also I might be able to just work it in a bit more organically. So anyway, we we took some time off and it was Thursday, Friday. We got back sometime mid middle of the day, Saturday. And then, yeah, the next morning, daylight savings hit. So I think, obviously, everybody's been dealing with that to some degree. And I wonder, I have a bit of curiosity. I wonder how much maybe being home as much as we all have been compared to normal, being out of the house with more frequency, how much that affected our awareness of the time changes and the the effects on that, as opposed to in other times where we would have so many other distractions of our daily routines and just be bombarded a bit more with a lot more variety on a day-to-day basis that that might have absorbed a bit more of the effects of daylight savings and that time difference. And maybe right now we're, we're more vulnerable to those changes. I don't know. It, it seems like at least in my, in my, the, the circles that I've been aware of and, and following or just have connection with, it seems like the daylight savings this, this particular time has been more affecting more people than than it normally does. So anyway, that's just a random thought that doesn't really pertain to much of anything other than I'm recording this a day late. Honestly, I've just felt disoriented entirely this week from time. And I mean, that said, normally when I'm feeling disconnected from time, there's still some degree of recognition of where I stand in relation to what time it really is. And I say really in scare quotes because it's, I mean, it's all relative, but normally I at least have some sense of how far off I am from from perceived time. But honestly, for most of this week, I've just kind of had no idea what day it's even really meant to be. Nothing, nothing feels as steady or, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's... Like I said, it's been wildly disorienting, but kind of fun. And I guess I'm in the position, again, with the amorphous schedule that I'm not really at risk of threatening any of my commitments 
by experiencing that disorientation. And again, that'll be changing, but it's it's just been kind of a weird experience all week. And so I'm sitting down to record this a day late. I apologize. I'm forgiving myself so that you don't have to forgive me for it. But it's, I think, more important to to grant myself that that bit of flexibility than than to be too hard on myself and whatever. Yeah, that's that's a rabbit hole that doesn't really do a whole lot for me. So I guess, yeah, with that all being said, I this is episode 10. So I'm going to try to pivot a bit. I listening back to last week's episode, it just I was struck by how almost by default every episode has been through the lens of music. And the decision to create this podcast wasn't for the sole purpose of deliberating on my relationship with the unknown as it pertains to my musical pursuits. There were a lot more topics that I set out wanting to cover. And yeah, listening back last week, I just kind of recognized that I haven't really hit on any of them other than very superficially to kind of hint at and up to this point I really haven't revisited any of those so they stand to be they stand to be visited and I want to just place a bit more intention into the priority of focusing on some other other realms other topics other stories that I think have a lot of richness and that from the very beginning I wanted to incorporate into this podcast as a measure of, yeah, whatever, this housekeeping, wanting to at least lay out that moving forward for at least some indefinite amount of time, I'm going to try to make more of a deliberate attempt to focus on some of these other topics, like psychedelics, like meditation, like some of my traveling and living out of my Honda Fit on and off for a year and a half kind of doing a little bit of the nomading van life, but in a hatchback, which I did from maybe late 2018 through early 2020 before moving and settling here in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, that there there were stents of house sitting and different stuff like that. So I wasn't entirely living on the road, but I was faced pretty much with that unknown or some level of uncertainty as to where the wind would take me during that amount of time. As part of that, I took a few months and did the Camino Santiago in Spain. And I know I've mentioned that as well. That's another topic to be fleshed out. But there's plenty plenty to pull from with all of the travels, all of this exploring mentality. And so, let's see. I said meditation, psychedelics, travel, living on the road, hatchback, van life, Camino. And I guess, yeah, just other creative realms. I have been recognizing recently that it's helpful for me to look back through other stuff that I've done, whether I've released it or not. It seems to always be a motivating thing for me because the viewing it with a fresh set of eyes, whatever it is, seems to be kinder on it, on whatever the work was. In hindsight, looking back at it from now, than I probably felt about it at the time. That said, like, yeah, I think when I'm up close to it, whatever whatever I'm working on, I'm much more judgmental. And so setting it aside and distancing myself from it has always been helpful, I think, or it has the potential to be helpful. But what I often forget is the other part of that is that it's not really helpful until I revisit it. And so I think just recently I've noticed that kind of stumbled on some of this older work, whether it's writing, using words, whether it's poetry, prose, you know, lyrical exploration. 
I've had waves where I've captured that or tapped into that sort of headspace and focused on that type of work. And again, like most pursuits, there's that level of kind of protectionism that comes with feeling more judgmental of it or like it's not ready. And usually that drives me to kind of set it aside for an indefinite amount of time. But what I find is when I give myself that time and allow my perspective to change, if I revisit it, there's a tendency in general to recognize much more value and worth to it from a disconnected perspective. And I mean, that that's the case with most of the work I've done. And I think it's been a while since I've revisited and focused on writing in particular and just kind of how important it is to be a bit more intentional about breaking down some of my goals and recognizing that all these different skill sets require some level of practice. And that's not to say that the work that comes from that practice doesn't have value in and of itself. It's almost like I've, I'm just starting to wonder how much, how much that could stand on its own as just a documentation of a craft. And so there's like some sort of like bifurcation that I'm struggling to, to name or, or structuralize in a way that makes sense for me. But even just distinguishing between craft and art could be very helpful for me just to kind of compartmentalize into a few different modes of operation where the craft is the more granular ground level day-to-day routine aspect and that can be the year of daily beats right now i've been doing the daily graphic design kind of thing i don't have specific parameters there for how long i want to be doing it but just maintaining something with regularity and it's been a while since i've had any sort of regularity with with words but just understanding that okay i feel right now that if I wanted to merge some of the individual pieces of music, I have the the potential to pull from some of the work, the graphic design work I've been doing that I think could work for any of these releases, but it adds an extra layer of dimensionality to it. And again, it's recognizing that I've been putting, I've been investing in the craft side of things. And that's always important to maintain regularly, but the other thing that I'm needing or recognizing that I'm maybe lacking at the moment is any connection with that kind of long-term, more the, the art side of things, where it's a, a constellation of all of these tools and skill sets or materials into something that is bigger than the sum of its parts. And yeah, so right now I'm just kind of stuck on that idea and trying to trying to integrate that with some of the the topics from a week or so ago, thinking of the storyteller, you are a storyteller podcast and trying to figure out what it is that I want to communicate and convey. And so some of that is just playing with various parameters, setting some arbitrary boundaries for the scope of any of these projects, whether it's an album, an EP. Um, And I think, I don't know, some of the intimidation that can come early on especially when when so much of a project is unknown is over identifying with the extreme on one end or the other the craft or the or the art and putting so much pressure on yourself to make sure that whatever it is you're creating kind of speaks for your entirety 
of who you are, which is, I don't know, I, I, I'm struggling to, to kind of pinpoint what that is, but that's something I struggle with where it's, I can be too attached to the craft side and only work on developing the materials or, you know, honing the skills and to scratch that artistic itch in that realm. I'm, it will require some level of, you know, some, some merging, some synergizing of all of these skills. And yeah, I don't know. I think maybe just for me in particular, riding the waves of each of those kind of skill sets or different realms of operation, different media of expression, letting those come organically has been good, but it might it might be time to start thinking about how I might reconfigure the different areas and incorporate those with a little bit more regularity or at least revisit and review the work that I've been doing within those realms. And so maybe that's kind of part of it is is separating then the review process or recognizing that the review process is within that artistic side of things so that I can maintain the frequency of, of whatever specific craft I might be riding the wave on at any point in time that I'm in deep with, whether that's, yeah, again, the year-long beats, the the daily graphic design, any sort of writing habits that, you know, right now is diminished from what it normally is or has been in, in times. And I think in general, writing has been something that I struggle with, maintaining consistency at least. But I have had these peaks of productivity. I don't even want to call it productivity, but like maybe generativity, where I've written a lot, whether it's been journaling or just jotting down concepts, ideas, note cards, Google Drive, whatever point of capture that I've had at any point in time, especially I know when I was traveling, I was jotting down a lot more ideas and concepts. And so I still have a lot of backlog to work through if I want. But I guess the first step there is dedicating some amount of time to go back through and mine for valuable content to see what what I've jotted down in the past that at whatever point in time I felt was worthy of writing down to save for my future self to stumble back on or revisit and review and maybe make sense of it, put it in a broader context that is only made possible by by the patterns that I've lived since then. So it's maybe more of refamiliarizing myself with some of these ideas so that they might be able to be more fluently incorporated or integrated into the toolbox that I've developed and continued to develop since then. And so I've been trying to map out the different compartmentalizations of how I view myself and the roles that I fill and in what I want to be doing. So the initial divide of the craft versus the art ways of breaking that apart, the the craft being more granular, more day-to-day, shorter-term projects, the parameters being much smaller, trying to be less precious about whatever it is I'm creating in that frame of mind. So it is a daily thing, and because of that, there's a need to simplify or limit the boundaries, the window within which I'm I'm working. And then the artistic side is much more broad, maybe kind of multidimensional, multidisciplinary, wanting to bring together multiple skills, multiple materials that I've developed on the craft side of things on the granular level. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious as to how 
how to incorporate all of those different things. If it would be better for me to arbitrarily set one day a week as the day that I pick up a guitar and jot down sketches in that medium the next day, have a notebook, you know, just whatever arbitrary schedule I could set for myself, would, would it be better for me to be practicing each of these one day a week? Or is it better for me to let whatever's compelling me compel me at any given point in time and just be a little bit more diligent about revisiting the different realms? So listening back through, I know I've, I've spent a good amount of time distancing myself from the beats. When I was making them, I would go back and listen to them a little bit more frequently. I think I intended to do that afterwards, but I've, I've found that since I wrapped up with that at the end of January, I really haven't, I don't think I've revisited them at all. I haven't really had much interest in listening to them. And that's, that's fine. It's whatever. I, I know they're still there, and I know there will be value in revisiting those. But it's just kind of like my focus has been elsewhere. So I'm wondering, you know, when's the right time for me to start trying to... Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm realizing that I want to give myself more time to regularly review things, even if they are things I wrote two or three years ago. Reading them now will uncover some other dimensions of it that I didn't realize at the time, or will just cast me in a new direction that I can make all these connections, or yeah, recognizing that like, oh, this piece and this piece kind of tie together, and all it would take to kind of really integrate them into one would be this little thing that I wouldn't have known at the time. So I definitely recognize that I need to carve out more time in the present to revisit and review the stuff that I have done. It's just kind of taking stock of the materials you have on hand. And I don't know, it's impossible to say what which materials are going to be helpful and useful until you decide what it is on that artistic side that I want to be doing? What's the what's the objective? What do I want to create artistically that brings together these different aspects of my craft side? Yeah, I feel like they kind of have to work together. Like there's a the tension of back and forth, which one which one informs the other? I think they both they both inform each other and it's multi-directional. I don't think it has to be any one way. And so it's just I guess without having had any sort of indication of which is the right way for me. I think that's coming from a lack of trying out different ways in running experiments, I guess. So I, I know what would help would be to take stock of the tools that I have on hand and try to be exhaustive there. And also be like maybe as I'm reviewing the building blocks that I've come up with, whether that's design aspects, whether that's beats, whether that's guitar ideas, melodies, lyric ideas, poems, philosophical concepts expressed in ways that I think might be unique or just kind of like really distilled mantras, phrases that I think are helpful to, to carry around. It's kind of all of those things. And the more I dig back in and review those that will help help kind of give me a sense of what I could put together and piece together with with the building blocks there. Then it would just be about, I guess, generating the, the plan for that. And on the artistic side, in contrast with the craft, there's quite a bit more leeway in terms of how frequently I would want to release something, whatever that would be. So, I mean, that makes sense to most people. There's a lot more 
a lot more work that goes into any larger work of art, whether that's an album or even down to the level of like a song, song, album, short video, like a feature length film, novel, novella, books, magazine articles, whatever, whatever it may be. Like there's, there's different tiers there. And the more intricate, the more layers to it, the more time you ultimately probably need to allow for that because expecting yourself to create some monumental piece of work every month at least for me right now does not seem sustainable it seems like a way to burn out and there's no judgment there other than just a recognition that i have more work to be done there's still more time to put towards the craft and there's no shame in that there's a recognition that taking on the kind of jack of all trades mentality and wanting to do wanting to explore and play in a lot of different realms is beneficial in and of itself, but it also leaves a lot more room for growth that is always present in almost any one of those areas. I think that keeps it interesting for me. I think that maintains some level of mystique and intrigue, which is helpful for motivation. Where I get stuck is if I'm waiting for which medium to pull me in any direction, or if if I need to assert myself in terms of creating some structure to sort of develop a regimented pattern of stepping into each of these in a more deliberate attempt. And yeah, I, I guess I'm at a point that I haven't done enough iterations of it to know what's best for me. And I've just kind of fallen back on what comes up without exerting any intentionality into it. Aside from some of the practices, that's where like the daily practices have been helpful. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like how the problem of how to, how to implement the diversity that I want to put into place. Do I want that to be limited to once a year? I change what medium I'm using to express myself. I mean, that seems like a potentially unnecessarily long period of frequency to, to work with. But at the same time, I don't, no, I, I think it's risky to rely entirely on the kind of random chaotic nature of, of what is thrown my way. And there is something to be gained by working through some of the resistance that I might feel towards doing something at any given point in time. With the graphic design stuff that I've been doing so far, starting, I think, at the beginning of February, basically, which took over for the daily beats i've been doing the daily kind of design thing and it's somewhat daily because again i'll i'll get swept up when i'm playing around and and certain days i'm feeling more willing to to jump into that 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 base of the unknown when i'm i'm trying to come up with something and i can i can go down that rabbit hole and play and come up with something and and realize that i don't know so what i've been doing a lot is playing around with i guess how the presentation is so I'm fairly limiting my output to just Instagram as of right now. So utilizing the formatting of, of my profile with the three by three square or, you know, breaking things down into multiples of three or divisions of three to break apart some of maybe a, a single piece into three pieces that I can spread out over different days or six pieces or nine pieces, anything that's a multiple of three, I can play with those dimensions and spread out the work into smaller chunks that probably take on a bit more of an abstract quality because of the arbitrary division 
that results from processing it in the way that I have been, which is partly been a way, a mechanism to make more out of less in a certain sense. But that's, that's also kind of seems like it's a bit judgmental to state it that way. And, and my buddy Clay, who was on a few weeks ago, when I asked him about it, whether or not it was kind of cheating, he was just like, I don't, I don't understand why you would look at it that way. You know, it's your work. An album is comprised of songs, is comprised of sounds, of instruments, of, you know, patterns and rhythms, and we repeat things all the time. So it's the line of distinguishing between what constitutes a part of the whole, if it's something bigger, like, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all arbitrary. And, you know, I have to be doing what works best for me. And so it still feels a bit, I struggle with that. There's a tension that sort of feels like, because say I make a, a design that is a square. So it's, and then I divide it into nine different units that are all part of the same thing and release them each, each day. So it's like, it's an arbitrary thing. I'm dividing it. I'm choosing to say, okay, instead of releasing this song, I'm going to release it to you in nine snippets that are all kind of roughly the same size and offer a different glimpse of that body of work. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of playing with the micro and the macro. And I think that's kind of fun too. The more I explore it that way, and I guess again, it's it's part of the bullshit nature of art is that I get to define what it is I'm doing. So Although in this case, I've revealed the secret of splitting up one piece of work and stretching that into multiple things. And again, this is to kind of cut corners and, you know, cheat the system that I created for myself anyway of this daily practice. But by doing that, I'm also, I'm also expanding by looking closer at what it is I'm, done, I'm working on. I might be the mindset I'm occupying when I'm actually making that piece is maybe on the macro level, but shifting my perspective, taking a step back, or taking a step closer and looking looking a little closer in this case, dividing them into arbitrary divisions based on the the medium I'm using of Instagram, which is fairly arbitrary, but it also just it's a an attempt more of, of streamlining and setting these these limitations for myself that helps kind of shape it. And I know I, I struggle, I guess, with being too hard on myself or tough on myself for for some of this stuff, but it's also, I just, I have to remember and take a step back that none of it really matters. It's all an expression. And just because I know I'm subdividing a larger body of work that I created as one thing into nine things or three things or whatever it is, it's, there's, I'm doing that for some reasons, but there's also, I don't know, there, there's no less appeal there or value there. And Ultimately, none of this is attached to any amount of value either. I'm, I'm kind of playing with concepts that are interesting to me, the, the, the macro-micro distinction and how to, I think part of it for me is recognizing there's a need to find a balance between focusing on the whole of something, the entirety of something, and, and the, the pieces it contains or is comprised of. And it's difficult to do when when I was occupying the frame of mind of creating one thing, of creating the whole as I was creating it. And then I'm kind of struck by an idea within the book, Alan Watts' book. But just the idea of categorizing or naming things is is casting this 
mesh net over everything and, and the divisions are all a matter of perspective. So what I've noticed with, with some of the design stuff that I've done this with, making one thing and denying things that are individual but also play a part in the larger role, there's been ways that I've been able to lean in to the design to sort of make each one stand out on its own a bit more or make it seem like it's its own thing. And some of that's just visually like making sure not to, to, to create some border so it's not looking like it's running, running off the edge of the frame, which might lead to thinking that it is part of something bigger, but kind of giving it some arbitrary boundary at the edge to make it seem like it's a standalone piece. And then as each piece is added, you recognize that it's playing a role within a larger system. And I don't know, I guess there, there's something too about just taking time to reflect here, because if I didn't take that time to reflect, I wouldn't recognize that larger emergence or that emergence at the micro level. And I might tell myself the narrative that this is kind of cheating or taking the shortcut or I don't know, there, there was something that was attached to more of a negative connotation that I guess still could be there. But it also, if I could lift myself from that narrative or give myself some degree of suspending my disbelief, and allow for the possibility that there is value to looking a little bit closer and there's ways to bring out more detail than than you would have necessarily known that's where it's it's kind of fun to to explore that and it seems like a way of using form to explore at like a meta level within whatever it is I'm creating and there's different ways of doing that musically as well some of the beats played around with fractal rhythms and you know taking a rhythmic pattern that's spread over one bar and then duplicating it and slowing it down to to stretch over two bars doing the same thing stretching it over four and in those cases if it's divisible by itself or divisible if it's all multiples of the same thing there will be some amount of lineup it'll it'll wrap back around pretty easily but it's fun to see what that creates you can do it by mechanically slowing it down and then also dropping by an octave for every doubling, I guess, of, of the length of time. And that would kind of mimic the natural pushing and pulling of, of time as we understand it. But you don't even have to do that. You can keep it in the same frequency range and just change the time frequency of it. And it's just very interesting. There's a lot more. So you could do it as like a full band double time or halftime thing, you hear that a lot to just create that like epic, intense outro sort of thing, or like a reprise, you bring it back, and it's just like this riff that's played half as fast, and so it just has this heavy vibe. Or you can integrate it and play across a symphony, where it's like all of the different parts are playing the same basic phrase at different speeds, and it, it creates something that's kind of textural, and you can play them against each other at different times, so if they're not multiples, if you did one that stretched over three bars, that would have a little bit more tension to it played against one that stretches over one bar or over two bars or, you know, whatever. You can create these different layers that if you zoom in to any one bar there, there's going to be a lot more weird nuance to pick up on. And yeah, I don't know, even just sitting down and doing this right now has helped me sort of recognize that there is... There's a million different ways of getting to to a thing. And if we're assigning the value or, or if we're framing the work that we do, then it's kind of like who cares what path 
I took to get there. I don't know. That brings back in the idea of imposter syndrome. And especially in a sense with, with most of the things that I do, I don't have a sense of mastery at any of them. And especially within the graphic design work, I know pretty early on I was at Cardinal, I was collaborating and had received a design file from someone else who had worked on something and seeing their workflow and the way the way their illustrator file looked was just so organized and neat and compared to mine it made me it made me realize like oh if i sent this out i'm actually more self-aware than i would have been beforehand and probably harder on myself or making attaching that to something attaching that to a story that tells me that i am not a real graphic designer whatever that means and it forced me to kind of recognize and accept within myself that my path to get there doesn't mean anything to anybody except for me. And the output is the thing that matters. And it doesn't matter if my work studio is a mess, if the output is all that is seen by the outside world. So seeing other people work has always been fascinating to me and recognizing that there are, again, more than one way to skin a cat. And I don't know, I think I've always had that kind of idea bouncing around in my head, but I don't know that it ever attached in a real way to me to justify or give me a sense of relief in terms of taking off some of the pressure that I put on myself to do things a certain way, you know, a right or wrong way. And just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's something I always struggle with and it comes from comparing myself to other things, other people. And really, it brings me back to the idea that if you're going to resort to comparing yourself to something, the, the beneficial way of doing that is to compare yourself to yourself, to past versions of yourself, or uh, like a hypothetical projected future version of yourself that you want to be. But comparing yourself to any other person, I think the risks there far outweigh the benefits that could come from it. Whereas, I mean, there's still risks to comparing yourself to your past self, your future self. There's still risks there, for sure. But you're at least not, I don't know, it's hard to necessarily feel like an imposter to yourself. I think the imposter syndrome really takes its strongest form when you're comparing yourself to other people who, by the very nature of how we exist... And the insane complexity of all of the decision-making patterns and habits that all of us have, it's impossible for our perspectives to completely align or our, our, our pathways, our processes to completely map onto each other. So there's, it's, it's like the obvious fact that my process is going to look different than someone else's process. And the more I can recognize that as just the basic principle of how things are, the less I'm tempted to brand myself or to tell myself that the story that I'm, I'm doing something wrong because someone else is doing it differently than me. And vice versa, the flip of that is to avoid falling into the, the thought of I'm doing it right and everyone else is doing it wrong. I think both of those are, are risks that, that come from comparison. And just personally, I feel like I'm, well, I, I, I think I probably have different things where I am guilty of occupying both sides there. And 
it just requires some some self-awareness and, and reflection on that to recognize that we're all just trying. We all have our ways. Most things, even if they're maybe unconscious or subconscious for people, there's some path that brought them to do it a certain way, the way that they do. And to invalidate that for someone else is just a cruel thing. And it's maybe even crueler to invalidate your own way of doing it, especially when it when it comes from overvaluing someone else's. So it's it's a tendency that runs in both directions, but it doesn't serve you ultimately, I don't think. Or it it I guess it can potentially serve you, you know, if you're motivated by that, but it it feels like there's a lot more room to fall off on either side. There's a lot less margin of error. And if you practice the process of of comparing yourself to past and future and desired and undesired versions of yourself, it seems like the impact there is much more localized and internalized. And again, it's not without its risks, but it's much better to compare yourself to yourself than it is to compare yourself to others. And I don't know how many more ways I can say the exact same thing in a very slightly different way thereby ultimately making all of the different iterations more or less redundant. So I'll just move on, and it's probably a good point to wrap up. I don't know that I necessarily went in any specific direction in terms of the topics that I listed out earlier, but I do feel like it was successful in shifting away from from the default mode of talking about music. Like I said, I would be integrating some music into it, but but that'll be part of it. I need to allow for that because it is, I think it's shifting perspective. And again, like maybe alternating my perch and playing around with the micro macro dynamic of what I'm trying to do, shifting back and forth between the craft and the artistic. And yeah, I, I'm glad at least I resurfaced the other topics that I want to hit on. And this can maybe serve as a a reminder for myself and a an updated summary of a table of contents moving forward. So there will still be music talk that's going to come in throughout, no matter how much I try to avoid it. But I think what I recognized from listening last week was that I just, I was going really deep into the weeds of some of the music side of things and still think there's plenty to explore there. I just want to make sure not to pigeonhole myself too much in any one realm for this show, specifically because at the onset, these other topics were very heavily influencing the decision to start this. So I want to give those their due and calling attention to it will help. It'll also help. I've got a few interviews lined up for this upcoming weekend. And I say interviews, I mean conversations, really. They're good friends of mine. Got Eddie and Danielle that I'm going to speak to on Sunday, and yeah, that that conversation's awesome. They I, I've known them from Bloomington and worked with Eddie at Hopscotch the coffee shop for a few years and got to know them really well. They were in the process of renovating an old Argosy trailer, so they've got a, a a tiny home that is. I mean, they're living in it now, and they've got some plans to. I guess move out to New Mexico in about a year, I guess right now is is the timeline for it from last I heard. And it's been a while since I've caught up with them in any sort of depth. So I'm really looking forward to that. And 
yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for that conversation. I'm having that on Sunday to record. And then on Monday, I'm talking to my buddy Ned Joyner behind the moniker Bird. He's been a prolific songwriter, singer-songwriter, musician in Bloomington. And I mean, I've known him since he's actually another another one from Columbus, Indiana. So representing the hometown and all of the creative energy coming out of there. He's been very prolific, even even from back when he was in, in Columbus. I was always impressed by his his commitment to the craft and all of its different manifestations. So he, on top of that, I think he's gearing up to release one or two more things coming up soon. They kind of were digging through older demos and realized he had just so much to dig through. So there's there's going to be plenty to talk about there. He's also embarking on continued studies, going to be going to divinity school. I, if he hasn't already started, I'm not entirely sure how it shook out with, with COVID, but that's just another new journey that he's embarking on along with some of these other, some of these other applied practices. So he's, he's got plenty of, plenty of through lines of, of craftsmanship with its the songwriting. He's, he does a lot of print work and, and drawings and paintings and yeah, so I, another conversation that I'm really excited to have, and that's we're recording on Monday. So I'll be in the enviable position of having a bit of backlog to work through, which will be good because I'll have a bit less of an amorphous schedule moving forward. I'm taking on a bit of part-time work, but that'll be a somewhat steady schedule. So having having some of these in the can, as they say, will be helpful. And it also might shift me more into a flexible schedule that I can maintain the the regularity of output, but be more flexible in terms of when I'm sitting down to do it, and whether that's working with other people's schedules or just kind of tapping in and sitting down to record when those ideas come come up and catching them while they're the most active, I guess, instead of maybe trying to force it by making a regularly scheduled sit-down time when when those ideas may not be as fresh or as as organic and nimble as they were when they initially emerge. So we'll see. I've got some changes coming up and some just, yeah, change is always happening. So we'll see how that takes form. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 10. We're two and a half months in. Hit the double digits, so we're practically practically made now. And yeah, I'm excited to see how things continue to develop and hope you are too. We'll be back next week until then if you listen and like would appreciate the uh the old review or whatever like subscribe all of those ostensibly help with things and i'm recognizing more and more that my ambivalence towards some of this marketing will probably need to change in 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 some sense moving forward and so i'm trying to trying to find ways to incorporate it in ways that feel natural to me. So being snarky is the way that that's coming through now. But it is it is genuine and there is a sense that I I would love to I would love to kind of implement this stuff in ways that can bring about some sustainability to it and in order to do that I need to recognize that and I talking to my buddy Ben the other day on a hike who just kind of had the idea of like if you don't sell yourself, somebody else will, was kind of the punchline of a distilled meandering conversation. So just holding on to that punchline has been something I've been carrying with me and just thinking about. So I'll probably continue to flesh that out in different ways and 
try to formulate different ways to feel like I'm representing myself fully and exploring all the areas that I want to want to be and just making sure not not to do anything that I wouldn't be proud of, but also recognizing that I I could stand to expand in a few different directions and and the marketing selling of myself is is one of those areas where there's certainly room for growth and again if if sustainability is part of the objective then that's one dimension that I certainly need to to put a little bit of emphasis on in order to kind of build up a little bit of cushion there I guess I don't know but yeah so like subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts leave a review if you feel like it it would be awesome to see I don't think I have any so far but whatever I'm not the most thirsty for it I'll still say that but I am I would it would be just because I don't care about it doesn't mean that I wouldn't care if you did it how about that how about that for for leaving it there I yeah just because I claim not to care about it does not mean that I wouldn't care about a review that you yourself leave I would be incredibly appreciative of any of it and that's very true that's very heartfelt any any of the support that I've gotten so far is is very appreciated and not taken for granted let that be known. So yeah, I'm going to wrap because I'm doing that thing that I tend to do at the end when I run out of stuff. So until next week, stay safe, be well, everybody. And, and as always, I'm Gabe Garber and I still don't know. Thanks. Thanks.